Hey everybody, it's Thursday night, it's time for another Kingdom of Loathing podcast. I'm your host, Jick. Riff! And I'm Hot Stuff. Wow, your impression of Riff is way better than mine. It was, it was hauntingly accurate, I might go so far as to say. What was the ghost of Riff? Riff's not dead, he's just in Tucson. No, but his ghost is here. Like, like he's here in dead. spirit. It's like being, it's like your soul is dead, that's what being in Tucson is like. Tucson is like... An ocean of criminals with occasional islands of my mom. <laughs> okay. Do you think it's possible that your mom is a criminal? You just don't know. Oh, man. She does work at a bank. That would be a long con. Is... Yeah, I mean, I guess she's a robber baron. Well, that, and she's she's well-positioned to do an inside job. Yeah, so Riff is not actually with us today. He is vacating with his parental units. We finally released a thing. Yes. You know, it didn't actually take all of the time that there was between the last update and the most recent update. We've been working on a bunch of stuff. uh, Yeah, we had ZapCon, which took up a ton of time. We've got another giant project ahead of that that's um, very close. Yeah. You know, it's at this point, we are going to release the Spooky Raven revamp stuff on the 14th so that it doesn't, like, fuck up the end of the challenge path season. Well, on the 15th, I guess, is... Oh, yeah. The night of the 14th. The Yeah, the challenge path itself is going to be very easy to test. Um because so. it's one of the it's one of the off-season ones, so it doesn't really consist of much, and so it'll be very easy to get it all done. There's like no new content to it. Um which is great. That's the kind I like the most. When there's no new content. It's not the kind I like the most. It's just it's the kind that's the easiest to test all the edge cases and shit. Cuz there's only two edges. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess there is there is a little bit of <clears throat> complex stuff going on with it, yeah. but it's not crazy. Uh, we decided a minute ago that we're gonna do uh, a little bit of a a little bit of a crossover event uh, this uh, upcoming KOL Trick or Treat, hmm. uh, which falls on Cinco de Mayo. So uh, d- tune in on that day. Get some get some fancy festive stuff, probably. Yeah, and what it'll probably be that day only available so yeah i think that'll be the only i mean unless this ever happens again which what are the odds one out of 72 every year but it's fixed we could just look and see if it's ever going to happen again it's probably not there are some years where the the same holidays always fall on the same date the 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 next year i think maybe like leap years or something like don't change the date mm-hmm. that stuff happens, but that doesn't line up with it's the It's not going to correspond to the KOL all, calendar. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, the KOL calendar was designed to not repeat regularly right. with days of the week, right? Because we didn't want, like, if we did a thing on a weekend. Right. Like, if we did a thing once every KOL week, we didn't want that to always be on the same real world weekday so that right. stuff didn't, so that periodic stuff didn't get missed by people because of the same real life schedule constraints. <clears throat> Um, that was the, was that your original goal with making it eight days long? Yeah, that was, that was the point of that. Although we then didn't end up doing anything that was like, this happens on the same day of the month, every KOL month, because a eight day recurring holiday is kind of too often. It's kind of boring. Yeah. Cause it's always there. Anyway, uh, my goal. And yet we do have stuff that does recur on real world weekdays. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Okay. I mean, stuff that corresponds with holidays that. No, but like real world weekdays. Like what? Like Tuesdays and Mondays and stuff. I'm not. I didn't mean weekdays like what. I meant things like what. Uh, So the 
the the lasagna the gar the Garfield effect oh as, yeah, a, as an actual yeah, man I wish that wasn't important because it was funny yeah but that's all it was supposed to be uh, and then Ruby Tuesday that's Tuesday's Ruby is that that just changes what it does every day of the week yeah that again though it doesn't have anything actually important well but it, it does it like it, what I'm saying is we is we you came up with this whole system for <clears throat> like an alternate week like thing it was eight day week in KOL and then we didn't actually use it when given the opportunity to to swap that stuff around yeah I mean what what I came to believe about the whole thing is that nobody knows what or day cares. of the KOL month it is ever do they actually have individual like the months have funny names do the days have funny names no. okay so we should just make some up yeah, well, no, we shouldn't. Because nobody cares. I mean, what, there's Turd's Day or whatever in the Elder Scrolls. Okay. What is it called? There's one of there's one of them that's pretty funny. I don't remember. It's just Turd's Day, I think. Or Turd's Ter's Day. It's just Turd, Turd's Day. Those things changed in ways that I didn't understand. Because it, like, it shows you the date at the like loading screen or something, maybe? <clears throat> I don't remember. Nobody cares about the days of the week, right? And I don't I don't even know what day it is now. Making up names for the days of the week is just making up shit on top of making up shit that already nobody cares about. Okay. So, so it's a second order bullshit tier, is what you're saying. Well, yeah. I mean nobody just nobody's going to But it makes it easier to write fanfic if we oh, provide I mean, those I, details to people. I guess, except it's just, like, instantly reminds you that this is weird fanfic, right? It's like they're going out of their way to... To be in-world in, in fiction. Also, nobody ever writes KOL fanfic that isn't erotic fanfic about me. Well, it's always gay erotic fine. fanfic about me, too, which is like, eh. Well, it's a bunch of dudes that work for the company. This is this is the problem. I mean, it's fine if you want to write that. I'm just saying I, I would like some erotic KOL fanfic that I could read and get a boner. So, like, you and some animals or something? Sure. Okay. Baby animals. Yeah. Well, I thought I, that that was assumed, I thought. So, working on Spooky Raven, I, I really want to have this month be a month where there are a bunch of little updates instead of nothing for two weeks. Or nothing for two more weeks. Um, it's looking like the live streaming dev thing is going to happen later in the month. Okay. Um, tentatively the 24th-ish. Yeah. Um, probably tentatively the 24th. Probably just the 24th. <laughs> uh, we're sort of debating whether we should do it early. Yeah, the time frame is weird because of the global audience. Yeah, because there's some England, there's some Englanders that might care. I mean, it'll also be archived if people want to watch it. It's just like yeah, it's way more of a participatory thing yeah. than it is a than it is a thing that's going to be interesting to look at after the fact. Right? I, so the idea that like people will be able to be on like in the game and like refresh and so there'll be a new zone there and then you click on it and nothing happens that's gonna be super cool right and then they'll be able to click on it and then like there's one monster in it or whatever like and it has no stats you know like like they'll be able to like are we see. are we really gonna do it that I way i mean that's how i would do it <clears throat> honestly like you just it appears and then people like can quick try to like mess with it while it's still and it's like un unlike 
finished state or I mean, I kind of imagined that at the very least, I would put in a thing where, like, it would launch. The zone would go public with, like, a single one-time adventure in it that was like, this is a work in progress and it's going to be weird. It won't be broken in a way that, like, costs you anything, but you might end up wasting time. I mean, if you take around in here, yeah, yeah, but it's not like gonna, it's not gonna destroy your equipment or kill your familiars or anything. Sure, but like, just a, a kind of a, 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 I yes, I agree to this, which then sets a flag that stops that super likely from occurring. Okay, you know, just a thing to like, just just to let people who wander out onto the plains and don't know what the fuck is going on, like, you know, it'll have a link to the, sure, a link to the live stream thing. And but I mean, and you can show how that works. Right, you'll show how yeah. you make a zone, and you show how you make a super likely in it, and then you'll show how you like yep. make that public, and then people can do that. And then I think it would actually be better if it just if it like aired out to nothing, right? Yeah, just so they. Like, I mean, because the, there's one all problem these, like, is aspects uh, on live, cool. you don't see error messages, so it will it would just white screen. Yep. Right. <laughs> that's cool. Um, I mean, that's what it does if a zone isn't public. I don't know what it looks like on live. If, if there's no monsters in the zone? Yeah, if the if there's a zone with no monsters in it. That'd be cool. Yeah, but I mean, it's also just like, create a monster and save it. And uh, now this is what a monster is like when it has zero stats. Yep. And then, like... I, you know, I think that's going to be exciting for people, personally. Yeah. Um, hopefully people will figure out some way to um, exploit their way into a bunch of bug meat or something. Nah, yeah, I, I don't so. actually hope that happens but i don't know i mean i've got some i've got i've got a sense of what it's gonna be um and what i'm gonna do with it so i, I don't know i'm still i'm still pretty excited i'm still looking forward to it i don't want to think about it too much yeah you know? we you might want to remember in advance to make things no putty and stuff yeah so that or do i i don't know like if you don't want if you if this is truly limited time yeah, but you if it were a planned world event, we wouldn't do that, right? Like, Correct. unless there is a really, really compelling reason not to do it. And the other thing is, if they're puttyable, then we can say, all right, sorry, they drop a familiar at one in a thousand, oh. and that's okay. Because huh. there is always a tiny chance of you being able to get this thing in the future. You know, I mean, not that we would do specifically that, because right. that would be kind of a dick move. But, but it, a potion that something, has an interesting effect anything, yeah. still, I mean, it like... Yeah. It keeps it alive in a way that is limited enough that it's never really going to be a big deal. Sure. You know, because like that day is going to be the day to farm them when they just cost an adventure as opposed to you can get five oh, of them yeah. a day. This is you... like, this is a good target for like people who've been carboloading for a year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But then they have to, they have to think like, well, shit, do I spend these adventures now or do I wait until it's more fully fleshed out and there's maybe more things to do in there? And it's like, man, I don't know, man. Man, what are you going to do, man? Yep. Anyway. Uh, well, should we just get to some questions? Sure. Depp Pastiverson says, do you even try to keep the kingdom internally consistent? We do. Depends on what you mean. Like, <clears throat> there are different standards of internal consistency that well, for each, of us, stuff, each of us applies yeah, for to narrative stuff, problem, certainly. Right? I mean, we... We like, don't have a game Bible that we all reference. So, like... There are things like there are no apples in the kingdom or we don't actually have any coffee or whatever that like particular people have been like, oh, this is a tenet of the game. And other people are like, what? Seriously? I just I just spindled some apples or, you know, do you know what I mean? Like stuff that we don't as a company. But but on the other hand, there are things that we all do agree on that like winking means something. Dancing means something. Sure. There there are there are tropes just sort of thematically that have arisen. But I mean, when I say yes, I mean something like. 
if a thing set if a thing has a one in parentheses, there's never going to be a zone where the joke is that that one was actually a thirty and fuck you, right? right. Like sometimes we don't, it won't actually take an adventure though. No, but I mean, it's not. We don't. We don't like ignore. We don't completely ignore people's mechanical expectations for the sake of being wacky. For instance, like we're right. just not gonna do that. Right? But is like, that, do you think that's what they mean by consistency? Or do you uh, think they're talking about that's, narrative? That's what I mean by consistency. I mean, there's 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 various ways to interpret it. Yeah, I mean, like because like I think a lot of people might interpret that as narrative consistency, and that's a good question. I don't. We don't spend a lot of time focusing on that, but we will sometimes sort of try to tie things together. Yeah, and I mean ways. to be honest, like there's a lot of writing in the game that. Only the one of us who wrote it has read it. That's true. Right? So, so like, who knows, you know? I mean, we don't tend to, like... <sighs> that's the thing. Like, if there's a joke in one attack message for a hippie that's like, hippies love crocodiles, and then later on somebody's like, oh, man, a crocodile comes by and distracts the hippie. That sucks, because hippies hate crocodiles. Like, I don't think we're going to fix that, because it, like, that kind of thing, like... Every sentence is kind of its own continuity for the sake of a gag. I mean, like we will. Hmm. I'm sure there are some things where you eat something and it says, oh, man, you hate that. And then there's another thing where you eat it. And it's like, oh, good. You love that because somebody who likes tomatoes wrote one of the things and somebody who doesn't like tomatoes wrote the other thing. But I had this uh, I had this epiphany the other day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that I can justify this. But I think it is a cool idea. Item descriptions and monster descriptions are, exist in the world. Are written by the narrator. Uh-huh. The narrator is the previous incarnation of the player character. Uh-huh. That's how it knows so much about you. What is your first ascent how what are your first ascensions items? It's, it's from the one before that. Okay. Samish Dew says, okay. You get to Spring Break Beach by going to the Elemental Airport and hopping onto an Elemental Plane. <laughs> when I realized the joke, I couldn't stop laughing for a very long time. You guys win. I haven't even adventured in Spring Break Beach yet, and this is already the most awesome item of the month ever. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad somebody got that. Yeah. This. So do you want to explain the the genesis of Oh, it was like, if, uh, all, like originally, originally, this... This was level 14. Yeah, Elemental Airport was written on... The whiteboard that we wrote up when we hired Riff. Yep. Um, which was. When we planned out all the way up to NS15. Yeah, which this was going. The Elemental <clears throat> Airport was going to be the level 14 quest. Yep. Um, and there were just going to be all of these different elemental planes that you would visit. Um, slowly, it, in my mind, turned into a clan dungeon, but then I was like, well. I want there to be multiple things going on in each of these zones. And so it's like, well, if we could figure out a way to do a clan dungeon where there were going to be 15 zones total, mm -hmm. but if we could only roll out three of them at once, then that would be okay. But then it was like, well, what do we charge for that? How do we do it? Like it just got to be, it got to be kind of rough. And like, I didn't want it to be another thing like the sea. Like once the sea became a thing and it was like, wow, we're really bad at actually following through on right. doing that kind of thing. And when we say we're going to like, it would be one thing if people were, like, really excited about it. You know, and the sea would have been a different thing if people had been really excited about it. But the reception was sort of lukewarm. And it was tepid, the, the seawater. <laughs> right. 
Um, um, but then I, th- I mean, that's sort of the experiment here. Can we sell content like this? Yeah. And- Cause I mean, people are saying like, so this is like a familiar that is a content familiar, but without the familiar, <laughs> which I think is fine at this point. Like the, the, the badger was clever at the time, but I mean, I think that you guys will agree that the sort of narrative constructs for familiars unlocking access to new content has gotten more and more strained as the years have passed. And we, you know, we're it's not, not... going to stop doing a content familiar, though, necessarily, are we? No. Okay. No. I mean, I, I just, this, so here's, here's a question. Southwest writes, uh, Spring Break Beach is totally awesome. I feel like a spoiled kid who immediately wants more. I'm eager to see what the other places you can charter a plane to. Thanks for including the one-day ticket. I was worried at first that there wouldn't be something like that to make it accessible to non-donors, but that was clearly a misguided concern. Um, I seem to remember that one of the reasons you made content familiars annual instead of monthly items in Mr. Store was so you had more time to create rich content, and also so all that hard work was accessible in Mr. Store for more than a month. Do you think you feel the same way about these charters if you keep producing them? I don't think so because this was nowhere near as much work as the content familiars are because we we always end up trying to sort of outsmart ourselves with the content familiars right and I have an idea for next year's that is going to make it not like that the content familiar yeah okay. yeah like and and I think that like to the point where I think that next year's content familiar I'm going to be able to just do it by myself wow. if I if I have to right like oh. I could do it like it. it <clears throat> like I would not nah I, I don't want to I don't want to get into it but okay like I have a plan for that that will essentially make it like a separate new thing but also let me use the existing content creation tools so my goal with this and I did not make it because of some weird cosmetic things that I had to do but I wanted to make this entire thing without editing any code um, and I had to edit some code, like edit some this of the actual scripts items for this whole item of the month. month. Like everything in Spring Break, huh. just do everything in the spindlers. Like basically, does that include the code spindler? It, well, those code blocks are yeah. Okay. That's I, I mean, that's, that's I'm just, just curious. What it that is. Meant. I I get it. it's not. There isn't any real difference between those things. But what that does is it stops me from doing shit that's just ridiculous and going to be prone to a lot of bugs and right. stuff like the like the wolf house. Yeah, that was right. that was a mess. Like, if yeah, so these I mean, like the, if the idea with these are, been, is that these are just they're more just content. content. They're just yeah. more KOL. Yeah, right. There's nothing in here that is like m- mechanically super weird or unique. Like it's just more. Con- it's just the stuff that we're good at producing in bulk. Um, and I hope that it sells okay, so that we can justify having this be a kind of item of the month. That we can make three or four times a year. Um, yeah. May is experimental month. Yeah, so we'll <laughs> see. I mean, it's weird because the, I mean, just the all, everything involving revenue is super weird because of the anniversary month. Yeah. Right. And so, and, it's and we knew be, that. We knew we were, we knew it was, we knew it was, was going to happen. Dumb right? idea, but well, we did it anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's fair to conclude at this point that it was a dumb idea. I mean, we, we got to see. Um, but anyway, uh, I hope this works out because it was fun. Like the thing is we, we started on it and we worked on it and we finished it before I got sick of it, which is a good sign. 
right? And like, it's a good sign that we can make that much content in that short a scale, just like cognitively short scale, if not temporarily short scale, because of because of Zapcon and because I like I now w- every minute that I spend in Arizona, I am just sort of adrift because there isn't like a place that I work. You, you don't know? consider so, your your new quasi office at home to I be. Didn't really get it set up all oh. the way. I like I never at no point did I put my computer out there because I realized oh right. I would have to run Cat5 out there to have internet. Oh, wow. Okay. Because, like, Wi-Fi sort of works out there, but not... Not enough. Not enough, yeah. Um, Yeah, anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, we have a rubric for four more of these, right? They'll just be four more elemental planes. Yeah, people have already figured that out, I think. No, sure. Well, there's five airplanes on it. Well, right. Lots of there's ample parking. There is ample parking. I thought about if we had had more time, I would have turned one of those little cocktail symbols into an actual bar you could go to. Oh, Um, I mean that is something that can happen later. Sure, yeah, because I mean that's just an area in the game now, right? Like the airport will be there no matter which of these charters you have or which of these day passes you're using. Um, Viral effigy writes, loving the new item of the month, though I haven't had much time to mess around with it. And while I don't expect a straight answer on this, I'll ask anyway. Are there any plans for another foldable item of the month? We haven't seen one since the Loathing Legion knife in January 2011, so it's definitely been a while, unless you consider the Rain Doe to be foldable, which most people don't, blah, blah, blah. Thanks, guys. It was, that was the... That was the sort of evolution of the foldable. Yeah. Why would you not expect a straight answer on this? When do we not give a straight answer about, about things like this? Like, the issue with foldables... It's not even an issue. A thing about foldables is that we started them six, seven years ago. Or nine years ago. Six, seven, is it, was it nine years ago? Because we did one of each element plus the Loathing Legion one, and that was in 2011. Did we only do one a year? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we started them nine years ago. Nine years is a long fucking time. Yep. Like, if we made the Iceberglet now, everybody would look at it and say, what the fuck is this garbage? <laughs> this isn't an item of the month. Look at yesterday. There was an entire beach. Um, so it's, I mean, they took that beach. Yeah. I mean, the, the, so the physical version of it had to just go so ape shit. Didn't, weren't there like 20 different things? That yeah. It or something? There were a lot of, lot of things. That was nuts. And then it's like, all right, well, what if this thing, what if? What are we gonna do with another foldable? Oh, it's an everything foldable, and also you can have them all at the same time, and also you get them back. At the, I don't even remember how that works. You can like rebox them. Yeah, or you can rebox them, but not in a run. Yeah, I don't or something. That. I don't know. I mean, I I remember it being goofy, and we were worried that like people would hate it because every yeah, like we can never tell, right? Sometimes we put a weird restriction on something, and people react really rationally to it and then sometimes we'll put in something that people go fucking crazy about that we never would have imagined would upset anybody like the ice stuff oh the disappearing after one right. day and it and it's like ah uh, man you know it's fine. yeah it's impossible to tell like i i did not like i was not in love with the Mayfly bait. Right. The, like an hour before the rollover that we rolled it out, but I didn't expect it to be like reviled. 
it was sort of a Frankenstein's monster of hodgepodge things by the time it rolled out. Though. Yeah, but I mean, so was the Bandersnatch, and that's hugely popular and well-regarded, well, right? Okay. Because it's like overpowered. Yeah, because yeah. we put we, we kept piling on if cool things are, things. If things are complicated and crappy weak, restriction things. The Mayflies are crazy powerful at this point. Like, they let you do so many things that you otherwise just wouldn't be able to do. Sure. But nobody cares. To, like, because we just, like, we just keep making it better as a joke. Yep. <laughs> and, like, I, yeah, man, it's so weird. I, I mean, it's a, it's a pain in the ass to use, right? Yes, that is it. That is it. But that said, I'm really glad that, I'm really glad that Mr. Mag ruined it. <laughs> um, because it was supposed to just be, it used to, it started out as just a skill book. Right, so it was like, it and it just, was, but it was just shortly after we'd made the. It was shortly after we did the bookshelf. So yeah, I mean, it was it was less that I thought that it would be broken. Although I really do want to introduce a new category of items of the month. We're running out of words that mean book. Oh yeah, but I mean, made up words that mean book. But they don't have to be. This could be like a like a cool duck that teaches you a skill. Basically, <laughs> a new class of item of the month skills that are that are just skills and the way that they're balanced against each other is not that they occupy a shelf on the bookshelf but that they consume a new resource a new daily resource that you Mm -hmm. only get by having one of them but they all use the same i think in my initial write-up in the in our internal wiki i wrote that they would use butt points so having any of these skills makes it so you have a hundred butt points uh, to use every day and then like maybe there's like a butt yellow butt blast which is a yellow ray that costs 50 butt points so the skill only lets you do one of those you know two of those a day right one or you can do that and then like summon 10 butt noodles for five butt points each right yep Dr. Capitalism says, regarding Avatar of Sneaky Pete, it's been super fun as a non-speed ascender to slowly become more and more speedy simply by acquiring Pete's panoply of potent skills. I've done probably four to five more Pete runs than I thought I might have otherwise done because I'm a hair's breadth from four-day ascension when I usually run to somewhere between one to two weeks. I can't really turn this into a question, but I wanted to tell you how interesting it's been to see how a focused set of skills can can radically affect the length of a run, even if wielded by unskilled hands. Age of Sneaky Pete. Good times, says I. Well, good. I mean... So did you not do the the Boris or the Jarlsberg pads? Because it sounds like you didn't, because those had similar... They did, but I think that Pete... I mean, everybody's... so much faster. Pete, Pete is so much faster because because of the... He's Moxie. Yeah, because Moxie and the metagame are sort of inextricably, narratively intertwined. Right. Um, okay. Because people are doing two-day runs pretty pretty regular, right? Yeah, I mean, to the point where they're saying, like, uh, no one will ever do anything. I mean, but this is, like, fucking, you know, no one would ever do anything other than Boris ever again until the, something else came right. up. But, yeah, I mean, that's how we, you get karma. We, we've got plans to entice you to the other paths. Yeah, I hope. It'll be good. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I think it is. Yojimbo's Law says, Yojimbo's Law. Bodyguard slaw. Hi, all. I have a couple questions about uh, Class Act 2 monster level and stat mechanics. First, what are you planning to do with the leveling curve? I remember talk of monster level divided by 3 and monster level divided by 2 as possibilities for new stat gain formulas, and I was wondering if you decided on one yet. We might go with monster level divided by 4. <laughs> but. Plus 1. 
Actually, yeah. I mean, I, there is no reason to hide this. Sure. The current discussions are monster level divided by four plus one to main stat. Every nerf fight. nerf non-combats across, like the way that they were in Class Act 2. Nerf cave bears the way that they were in Class Act 2. And then change the formulas for volleyballs and sombreros to be more interesting. To try to make up for the loss of non-combat leveling by making those a thing that you might actually use. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're getting pretty close to consensus in dev on where all those things should sit. I mean, because there is so much ready access to scaling monsters and high, high power monsters, um, like it's possible that the, volleyball thing isn't going to make any difference but that'll be an option for people that aren't at the sort of leading edge of all this do you think bleeding edge and leading edge are uh one of them came out of the other yeah i think bleeding edge was probably a joke about leading edge but hmm interesting i don't know uh, second, could you please shed some light on the mechanics of the initial elemental damage hit in Class Act 2? You know, the one that happens when running more than 50 bonus ML? I've been trying to spade the formula, but I haven't had much luck. I don't remember it offhand. I, I would kind of like to take a crack at the, at a different scheme for, like, monster level penalties. Okay. Because I, 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 you did that at a very discreet step function very intentionally and do you like do you think that people would respond poorly to a graduated acceleration of difficulty over a bunch of different scales that that start kicking in at different heights so like instead of instead of it starting to do a bunch of damage at monster level 50 it starts at 25 well that one that one is graduated well, but it starts doing a bunch of like, but like there is yeah, a, I think it starts out doing a little bit of damage at 50 and then does more and more and more. You say a little bit, but like there was a lot of people felt like 51 was instant death and 50 was fine. Well, right. Because those are people who can't are, those are people who are fighting monsters that if that monster hit them once for 10% of the damage that they would normally do, they're dead because this game is fucking terrible. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'm I'm really hamstrung. This is a bad idea. I'm really hamstrung putting my feet on the desk where the microphones are connected to is the bad idea that I was talking about in case you didn't hear that huge bass thud. If the monster harming the player is off limits in terms of making the monster more difficult, then there is fucking nothing we can do you could make the monster invisible just so you couldn't see the picture well that would be the that would be part of it and then you also just couldn't hit it and it would uh, eventually the combat would eventually end okay so yeah sure so we just reduce the round limit so every point of monster level reduces the round limit by one yeah yeah and then also reduces your chance of hitting the monster by a hundred percent per point okay <laughs> for example yeah, I mean, it, it's it's possible that it went from no damage to a fuckload of damage because something was wrong, but well, I don't... That's the thing. Like, I, But I don't think that that's true. Like, I think, if anything, 
I don't know that it ever got to the point where you were taking as much damage as the monster would have dealt to you if it hit you. But if they were, if it wasn't hitting you at all at monster level 50 and then it was hitting you at level 51, then that is a point where... Right, but if it was hitting you for the smallest possible increment that I was able to imagine... Right. Then, yeah, but that's, then what that means is that the scale is just busted, right? Like, but it, it couldn't possibly be the small, like it wasn't it, one damage cause that wouldn't, people wouldn't have cared. Right. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I, so I have to, in thinking about what I would have done, what I imagine is that the monster would just do 10% of its power in elemental damage, but I, that can't, that must not be what it was doing. It might be, I but mean, I, I mean, that's, yeah, like, because if people are if people throw on fifty monster level two something that's a hundred, you know, that's fifteen damage. I guess that that shouldn't be it, right? Yeah, uh, maybe it was doing ten times. It's you forgot a decimal point. It could be. Yeah, I mean the the problem is that we can't ever make it so the monster hits the player or people will just revolt. That's that's not true. I've, I think it is. Okay. I, I, th- there are there are plenty plenty of monsters that have auto hit and people don't like you do it. not run into that in run. Okay. I we don't use that in sure. the core path specifically because of that because like every player who runs a shitload of monster level like because that's the thing like the the ma- the combat math in the game is so fucking broken that the only way that it actually works for people that are trying to like use the systems that we've provided to to optimize their experience is that they can't survive a single hit from a monster ever and it i mean it sucks because it's i mean it's also like the healing economy is completely broken because of cocoon mm-hmm. right so everything is so expensive relative to cocoon like because to me this is a thing that this is a thing that makes some sense if you are running higher monster level, you take a small amount of ambient damage and then have to expend some resources healing it. Like, you also have to run some HP regen, right? Which, this is a thing. This is a, this is a, you're spending resources to increase monster level. You're getting more of a reward out of it. And so you got to spend some resources to do the healing. But that's, it's, it doesn't work like that. That's not how it plays. What it, what that does is it just makes it so you just, have to click over to the skills page and cast cocoon after every fight. And then it becomes this nuisance rather than a cost, right? It's like, it's like, it's like if you had to go next door to pay the sales tax every time you bought something from a store, as opposed to just like an increase in the sales tax. Right. And so it like, yeah, I mean, and the idea of nerfing cocoon to not be a full heal, was so reviled it was so it was reviled by casual people yeah it, it, it who talked me out of it like there's probably some middle ground we have all these sort of legacy design constraint issues that it's been really interesting trying to design around them oh it has i mean it's challenging it's not and i mean you know what like i'm being hyperbolic when i say things like the game is fundamentally terrible because it's not, you know, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's like people like it, but like, you know, I don't know. I think I, I kind of wish that generally speaking, 
monsters hit all the time like the player does, but for less damage. Right? As a, like safe moxie is it, like that makes one thing more important than everything else. And that's just that's, you know, problematic design. Uh, since a couple sometimes means three, are you still planning to implement these changes in two weeks? Thanks for any responses and keep up the awesome work. I think we can do it. I think I think we will. I think we pretty much argued our way into a volleyball formula that everyone is happy with today. And now we just have to come up with a sombrero formula that anyone is happy with. And then we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and then, you know, we'll just see. We'll just see what the what the next challenge path looks like. It's going to be weird, man. Pull lists are going to be. We, nobody could agree on what they were going to end up looking like, which I think is a good sign. I think that means that there will be a little bit of a pull management metagame for a while. Because there are just things that you don't normally have to. Well, there are things that you do normally have to think about that you won't have to think about in this context. Um, Storm Dragon says. Hey, Jick, I really like the beach and the whole idea about the airport. The message praising air transportation was particularly funny knowing that you have problems with airplanes. Thanks for the new content. You rock. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. It wasn't even really a joke. <laughs> just a statement. Yeah. Uh, he says, just another thing. Funky Kong's theme song from Donkey Kong Country started playing in my head as soon as I saw the airport. And then uh, he links to that. Mm, let's see. Hexatomb asks uh, a bunch of bad questions. I thought there was no such thing as a bad question. No, there are definitely bad questions. Huh. Hexa, no. <laughs> Damn it. The Great Referencer says, Do I have immediate access to the airport as soon as I start a new ascension? Yes, you do. Yes, you do, sir. Jehuzdui uh, says, I'm having a bunch of fun at spring break. Any chance of getting the quest in the quest log, not just the quest tracker? Yeah, uh, this month, those will no longer be separate things. Um... Huh. I thought did you did that not roll out? It didn't. I see. It's still it's it's still pretty screwy oh, on okay. on dev. There's and my initial plan for how that was gonna work w- turned out to not not flow. Be really well. It was just it would have required like it it it, it is going to be an incredibly boring afternoon two hours to get like the gnome fedex quest into the quest tracker okay right because it's like ah fuck well now we gotta figure out where all these things link to and put in those links and then make sure that those links that's a that's a long one too yeah it is um but the system is there for there to be a unified place that handles the quest log and the quest tracker. It's just that there's a lot of old data that only exists in the log. And now there's a lot of new data that only exists in the tracker. Um, wow. But getting those into the log is something that I have to do anyway. And that'll take 15 minutes. Okay. Plus I get to show off my cool names for all of the cool quests. Okay. It's great, man. Pun quest names. That's, that's when like, designers of normal games get to do the kind of shit that we get to do all the time so we have for to them it up it's a like, notch yeah so there's a jimmy buffett song called pencil thin mustache 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have a you have a, a quest to find his pencil thin mush stash. Ha 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 ha! It's paradise cheeseburger. It's lost shaker of salt. Jimmy Buffett. Scully, when I wrote that and assigned it to him to do the dialogue, he said, "I wouldn't have pegged you for a Jimmy Buffett fan." And I think my response was, "I wouldn't have." concluded that I was one just because I mean I'm not a, just by referencing the man yeah I'm not a Steve Urkel fan he might only but he might only want to reference things that he's a fan of like if you think about the subcultures uh, that are at war the ghostly subcultures that are at war yeah. peaks right those are I guess he does I mean he like has at least a, a passing affinity for all of those things right but yeah I mean hmm yeah, I mean, I guess I'm the one that wants to do the gathering of the jackaloffs. Although I do think that juggalos are cool. <laughs> no, okay. I don't think that juggalos are cool. Like, the people who are juggalos, I don't think that I would generally like. You know, I mean, I, whatever. Like, I wouldn't be as... Like, they're just like people that I grew up around, you know. But I like the idea of juggalo culture so much. <laughs> so yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, Scully wouldn't do that but yeah I'm not really a Jimmy Buffett fan I mean I like Jimmy Buffett is one of those things like Pink Floyd where it's like you know I just kind of don't care like I get sure I know some of those songs (laughs) I guess uh yeah so that was uh, that was Jay Who's Dewey's question about the quest log yeah that I think I worked out a way to have my cake and Edith pee off Marvin the Drunk says, Hey, Jake and Company, I haven't played any of the new content yet, but I'll just preemptively say that it's super awesome because that's all I expect from you guys. <laughs> Stay frosty, or in Latin, Mane Frigus. <laughs> Burrito Boy says, Since the International Elemental Airport has five terminals, will there be future vacation spots? Hell yeah, there will be. Unless this unless this one sells really poorly, in which case it'll just be like a weird sore thumb for the rest of the time the game exists. Popcap280 says, love the new item of the month. Thanks for all the hard work that went into making it and the rest of this awesome game. Well, that's nice of you to say. I have three questions. One, would you consider reintroducing a Divine Champagne Popper-esque item? We have. I feel like there's lots of stuff. There's lots more stuff that works like that since then. I mean, unless you mean specifically as a Librum summon and, like, I don't know. That's Yeah, that's a weird... I, I, I guess I'm confused by what you mean by reintroduce. Two, what would the vague, uh, the vague plans be for introducing new places to this airport? Would it be yearlyish like the VIP lounge items, or is this seems like a cool area, let's make it an item of the month type of thing? I w- like, if I if it works, and people like it, and it is the thing that we can get away with doing, I, like I said, I could see doing three or four a year. Um, seems about right. Because, I mean, it's not, you know, it's like... It's like two weeks of work. Yeah, it's not as much work as an avatar path. Really well. It's it's Depends as much it's as much work as an avatar path if we fuck around until two weeks before the deadline to start working on the avatar path. But yeah, three. Have you considered either adding Warbear black boxes into future world events, or having a special item of the month like the Monster Manual, or just a regular item that converts currency? I vote many mysteries into untradeable versions of previous year's items, or allow you to go to those areas for short term to get untradeable and possibly faded versions to not totally bomb prices of old items. I would love to revisit the skeleton invasion and see what the whole deal with Halloween Crimbo is. I mean, no, largely because it would be technically really difficult to 
make a lot of those things happen again. Yeah. Um, and also like they changed a lot as they, as they <clears throat> happened and yeah, like, and, going and back I mean, to an, the earliest version would be also like the reason that you want this is because you can't have it. Right. Like the reason that these things seem really cool is like the reason that the skeleton invasion is cooler than the haiku dungeon is because the skeleton invasion is this cool story that people have cool memories of. It and was also you just can't, pretty cool. And that you can't just go there. <laughs> it right? was also just inherently cooler. But if the haiku, haiku dungeon, dungeon had only lasted a week, people would be telling the same stories about the haiku dungeon. No. Yeah. No. If the haiku dungeon had been a world event, it would have been epic in scope. The skeleton invasion was really cool. Yeah. You know, the skeleton invasion was so fucking easy to do, too. It Mechanically. Was, it was fun. That, that was why I said, hey, this is super fun. People are really engaged. What if this was just our job? Yeah. And you were like, huh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we'd run out of tricks faster than you think, but that, uh, P.S. This is my third time writing this. Curse you, auto log out. Wow. That sucks. You know what you should do? You should install Lazarus, the browser plugin that stores a history of everything that you type into every text field and makes an unsightly onk appear all over the web. Uh, Hexatomb says, idea, CB radio type item that gives you a new channel where you can use a different nickname than your account name. That actually would not be super hard to do. Huh. Because the... Because... Our database is aggressively not in third normal form. <laughs> we store names in chat independently. It's also if somebody in dev where chat is logged, like switches to an embarrassing name capitalization right. and talks in chat, then it's there. It's in the log forever. And we know third normal form and right hand rule occupy the same space in my brain. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Like. Like short mnemonic phrases. Wax says, "What do you think of how fast Pete runs are going?" Eh, I could use a little slower. Wax says, "Content item of the month in May is this the future? Always in motion, the future. Mm -hmm. Experimental May." Uh, Nigella Noswal says, "Can I have the item of the month in pink, please?" You can have all the tacos in pink, lol. Wooly Bear says, Hi guys, first of all, thanks for this fantastic game. It has kept me laughing for years and just keeps getting better. Special thanks for the Thwaite Gold statuette, which I like to imagine was named after me. One of my absolute favorite characters is Mom, and I'd love to know who wrote those creepy, creepy lines. That was Mr. Skullhead. I'm also curious as to who wrote the high-slash-no joke in the Game Inform Power Daily Pro Dungeon, since that one cracks me up every time. That, I'm assuming, was Riff. Lastly, and completely unrelatedly, we were planning on doing some camping and hiking uh, in the area when we visit for KOLCon. Do you have any suggestions as to where we should go? Many thanks, Wooly Bear. Hiking near Phoenix is really rough around that time of year because... There is some cool stuff, though. Because we found some really neat trails. There's, like, the one that goes, like, through downtown where you can barely tell you're in a city. Yeah. That was really neat. I don't remember the name of that trail, but it goes it, it goes from one municipal park, and it's about a six or eight mile hike. Yeah. Through, it, you cross under one freeway, but that's really the only time when you see much civilization. Yeah. It's, it's it's really crazy. strange. Because you're just in the middle of Phoenix. Like, you're in a huge You're in a city. park. I mean, if you look at it on a map, it's like, oh, that's a, that's weird. That's not a park. Yeah. But it's just like an area of untouched desert. You know, if you, if you want to camp, um, you can look into Crown King, which is like maybe an hour drive. That's a nice area up in the mountains and has really nice, uh, campsites. 
Um, that might actually be too cold in, in September. September. It's probably it's probably okay. You're gonna want to go up because I think you can you can probably camp up there until October without it being like crazy crazy freezing. But that that is a weird time, right? Because it's it's like too hot in part of this. There are definitely times when it's still too hot in part of the state, but it's getting too cold in other parts. If you're, I mean, if you want to go camping, you're gonna want to go up to the like northern arizona where there is like it's at higher altitude um and you're going to want to like be prepared for like chilly evenings and moderately warm days there's a really nice um aspen grove in what used to be a volcanic crater i guess it still is a volcanic crater uh up in the san francisco peaks up by flagstaff which is is cool and if you go there when the leaves are turning it's like especially impressive although that one that place like fucking crazy wind a lot of the time oh, out of nowhere that was that, that place where yeah you slept in the truck truck bed yeah I, I tried to be clever and not take a tent because like the way that i used to car camp a lot of the time is i would just take a tarp and string up a rope and drape the tarp over the bed of the truck and then just have an air mattress in the bed of the truck but uh in this case it was it was windy and that was a terrible idea and it was like the the, the tarp just yeah, kept clapping all night noisy. Yeah. camping in the wind is kind of terrible yeah because like you just can't sleep because even if you're in a tent you're constantly worried that the tent is going to tear itself out of the ground and you're in it though so unless yeah but i mean it picked up like it, a sail but if it gets if the stakes come out on the windward side then suddenly you're just in like a garbage bag <laughs> Right. It's whipping in the wind, which is like, I'm not worried that you're going to fly off a cliff or to the moon or something, but it's just like, well, fuck, now I got to get up and deal with this. Yeah. Uh, Hexatomb says, I wouldn't mind seeing a use another or use again link after you drink, eat, or spleen something. That seems like the kind of thing Grease Monkey would <laughs> be glad to provide for you. <laughs> Limeburner says, hey, can't stop to talk too long in the middle of trying out the new item of the month. Super cool stuff. Can't wait until I have enough beach bucks to see what the usable books are. Well, Ness, Ness Man says, similar to the sword behind inappropriate prepositions, there should be a weapon that switches the locale of your speech, swapping the spellings of words like favorite and color so you look like you're from the other side of the Atlantic. That's kind of a one-note joke. Well, because you can, we could swap out every... Every British, like everything Every becomes elevator lorry. becomes a lift, every... And like, you know, like... I still just, think that even if we did all of those that we can... That we, can we just, and everyone else can think of, it would still trigger so infrequently as to be nearly meaningless. So you, in those cases, you get an intrinsic that lasts your whole ascension instead of a ten, ten turn effect or something, right? Like, Well, sure. King Bobson says, some time ago, you may or may not remember, there was this thing with the Merkin lock key and stash box location. Basically, for a third of all players, based on their ID, the location of the stash box could be calculated with 100% accuracy, while everybody else had a one-third chance. This apparently was just due to a flaw in the RNG you had used for it and was fixed. Anyway, the question I'm asking is, how do you guys feel about doing that kind of thing on purpose? Obviously not the only works for a random portion of the player base thing, but just making seemingly random things actually calculable through a difficult-to-spade algorithm. Um... I mean, I guess technically anything that is invariant but determined on a per player basis. Yeah, you could talk to somebody else <clears throat> who had the same modulo of player ID of whatever number we used and learn yeah. things. We've 
largely when things are when things operate that way they don't operate they don't seed based on player id like that one i think we wanted it to be a thing where it was consistent across ascensions um we have another number that is there is a number that is a particular seed for the rng that gets set when you ascend and reseeds when you ascend so that so for things that vary per player per ascension they're not predictable for people with similar player ids um but I don't know about, you know, the, the, his question, the idea of, like, cooking in the ability to solve for it if you were clever enough. Like, I don't know that I think that that's all that interesting. I mean, I, I get that there are players who would enjoy that, but if I were going to do it, I would, like, I am a fan of true randomness where we can get away with it. And so if I were going to do that, I would just do it in a way that was actually random. Because whenever it's not, whenever it's sort of deterministically random, it kind of reminds me of the failures to do truly randomized things in the past before we like sort of learned the method that we use now. Is the the thing that that you were getting angry at me about suggesting that they be three instead of five? Mm. Uh, is that based on the ascension changing number? No. <clears throat> based on the I think that that one might be randomized based on player ID because I want yeah that because yeah. that force so that's the like thing the that, whole point is that you cannot collect them all okay so then that's a thing that people might be able to figure out it's not particularly interesting but yeah but I mean it's also like you don't have to figure it out right there's no advantage yeah. to figuring it out you can just yep. do it and see what happens and well, then you know what's the advantage would be you would know who to oh uh, okay hit up for the cards you want that is true that is true. That'll be interesting to see. Yep. Uh, let's see. Hexadoom says, how come I can't do an adventure through the KOL chicken hut for a bucket of chicken? Uh, because that's the kind of joke you would make, Hexatomb, not the kind of joke we would make. Wow, you're being mean to Hexatomb. Okay, sorry, Hexatomb. It's just that your questions are bad. It's nothing personal. Smell Virus says, hello there. The description for the Turtle Tamer skill pizza lover reads, as you may know, gimme pizza is what you say because you like pizza a lot. Is this a reference to that slowed down Mary Kate and Ashley song, gimme pizza? If it is, lovely. If it isn't, well, what a coincidence. No, it absolutely is. Although, put it on a pizza. I am far more partial to the non-slowed down version of it. Like, my first exposure to it, like everyone on the internet, like everyone who's not like a 22-year-old girl, Right. Was that slowed down version, which was creepy. But then I started just <laughs> watching the sped up version of it because the, the regular speed, the regular speed. Yeah. The sped up version. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just the version of it. I started watching the original version of it because it's great. <laughs> like it's such a great. You've, you've actually, like, you've read about the genesis of this. Like, you have this, this captured your yeah. attention. The and guy who wrote that song was 35 years old. When he did it, yeah. Which at the time that I discovered that he was older than me, and those are words that a kid would not sing even then. Yep. Like a kid saying, "It's it, it's gonna be tall like the Tower of Pisa, but to get there you don't need a visa." Like a nine-year-old doesn't fucking know what that means, and also like. To get a job there as a non-citizen, you don't need a visa. Like, it's... 
You've never traveled. Are there places? I mean, I've yeah. never traveled outside of civilization. Are there places where you have to get a visa to go there to? Are, there are a lot of places you have to get a visa. Yes. Okay. But you don't need one, for instance, to go to Italy, where the Tower of Pisa is. Well, it depends on what country you are originating from. Okay, but Americans I'm, probably don't. Sure, but it's like, they're not Mary-Kate and Ashley, they're Mary-Kate and Ashley fucking red-headed white-ass Americans who did not need a visa to get anywhere. <laughs> anyway... But maybe one of their multicultural friends in that. Uh, yeah, I don't really remember. Party scene. I don't remember. It there either. was a there was a short haired girl. Oh, so yeah, they're clearly not. Might from have the been US. a boy. That might have been a boy. <laughs> I thought it was a sleepover. Wasn't it all girls? I don't know. There could be boys at a sleepover. They were progressive. Wow, back then. I don't even know. Um, Kodrick says, hmm, "This is weird." I just got my friend to play for the first time, and he was really confused about the basic layout of the game. There are several things that are just never explained, such as boxes in all bold or buttons you can click on and not just words to read. Which, that is not... Boxes in all... Wait. Boxes and... No, so read, read that again. I didn't... Boxes in all bold are buttons that you can click on and not just words to read. Boxes I would in argue all that bold. that is the kind of thing... Like, fucking buttons. He's talking about the buttons in Choice Adventures. And his argument is that it is not clear that those are things that you can click on. And I just disagree. Uh, the numbers in parentheses next to the name of an area is how many adventures you spend there. That is absolutely explicitly explained in the tutorial. You can click on the map to go to places and explore. He played almost his whole day clicking only in the quest log. That's fine. Yeah. Like, also, the very first fucking thing you do when you make an account is you see a great big arrow that says click here, which is the thing that you can click on on the map. To... He also decided at level six that the game was too simple and that he wasn't interested in playing anymore. Which brings me to my questions. This God, this is fucking you have long discussed how the barrier to entry for KOL is pretty high. Are you working on improving the first-time experience? Have you considered signposting the sorts of turn-saving tricks for new players? Maybe a dungeon of how to abuse game mechanics or something. Like a side quest of complete the dungeon of secret tricks in 30 adventures or less, which then leads to an in 15 adventures or less, and then finally in 5 adventures, something like that. If each phase gave you an item that could in turn gave lots of adventures, like spleen items or something, it could be educational for new players without being too costly, while also not providing an exploitable benefit to old players. I mean... That is a cool idea. The idea of a thing introducing you to the the fact that there are these shortcuts. But, like, I think the experience that you described of this friend was somebody who didn't like KOL very much and decided to stop playing it. Because to say, like, this is complicated and doesn't make any sense and also it is too simple, so I'm leaving, that's not... Yeah, I guess I wonder That's what, not what they mean by simple. I, and they probably just were, like, I think the proposal is that people find it too simple because they're not exposed to enough of the systems, but they also find the interface confusing, too complicated or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We do have... We do have a bunch of different things that you have to click on. I remember my mom not knowing what to do. Like, part of the reason we put that big arrow there is because my mom sure. was like, what do I do when, when she first sat down to play the game? And I was like, 
Huh. Yeah, but I don't know okay. that there's I don't know that there is anything that we can do to make it so your mom will understand. Like I agree. I mean, and like I, I don't think that KOL is a good video game for somebody who has never like interacted played with a video game, yeah. right? I mean, that's sure. like And I I tend to agree as well. I I'm just yeah, I'm not. I'm honestly not worried because I I feel like KOL is not for everyone, and I'm that doesn't bother yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel like a lot of our players are saddened by that and want to make it well more. A, a lot of the, a lot. I think a lot of experienced something. players who understand the kinds of things that there are in KOL for them to like, right? Like the speed game. Yeah. For instance, they forget what they're journey to get to that appreciation was and they want other people to skip to that right without you know i feel like a lot of people that i know and like in the game were people that came to kol because a group of their friends all found the game around the same time um and played together for a couple months and then most of those people stopped playing because they're like okay i've sort of I've gotten the joke or whatever, and they are done. But then the people who stuck around were like, okay, no, there's there's more going on here. I'm excited by this. And that's who we continue to make the game for, right? Like, we continue to find, like, there continue to be new people who find the game and are like, wow, this is something I'm really excited about. And then there are people who even, people who, like, have felt that way for a while who eventually sort of fall off because they have other things to do in their lives. And that's okay, you know, like they can come back or not, you know, it's, we're, we're doing okay. You know? I mean, and also like we do, I'm not saying no, we shouldn't try to make the game less confusing for new people because like, that's a lot of what you've been doing for the past few years. We should be. Well, that's what you've been doing with the quest revamps and stuff like that. Like you have been making it, making it more approachable and more sort of straightforward to play through the the content of the game. You know, like, Yep. There is there is no interface in the entire world, I'm guessing, that you could put in front of every single person in the world and they would understand how to use it. Right? So, I mean, <clears throat> if the it depends on what you mean. Like do you mean babies? Do you mean like blind people like that so so like i would argue that that like a light switch yeah a light but a touch tone pad like if they knew if if, if you, you had put, enough literacy you, to know about buttons or if switches, yes if you if you know what a button is sure. and you know what numbers are and you know that your goal is to express numbers but using i'm guessing this that there are plenty of people well, sure. in the world who don't know well that. right but not plenty in order to have a conversation you have to step back from well okay but the the web is way more fractious than the real world and so people are being exposed to new interfaces all the time and like you know you get frustrated and annoyed with facebook or whatever because it's just a confusing mess of bullshit and like settings and buttons and crap and they keep changing it all the fucking time and like like the frustration with interfaces is not unique to us. Yeah. Is I guess kind of what I'm saying. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, at least we are relatively consistent and we're not changing things 
every couple of weeks because we think that we found the new hotness. Well, I mean, we also don't change the interface to try to make more money. True. Right. I mean, that's, that's, point. that's the root of all of that because most websites don't earn money by existing the okay. way that we do. Right. So, I mean, sure. we, we don't have to, but at the same time, like people look at it and think, oh, this looks old. It's like, right. Because it was fine then. And we didn't need to change it. Like, uh, Jolly Red Giant says, okay, guys, I know you can't put every funny reference from every one of your podcasts in the game, but we need, need, I say, a purse full of sniper rifles in KOL, please. Uh, what meme annoys you most, says Whack. I'm, I don't get annoyed by memes. You're not real super fond of doges. I love doge. Okay. What are you talking about? We, I d- we've had a bunch of arguments about how to pronounce it. And... It's, do- it's dog, but. All right. That's not what I said a second ago. <laughs> I think I was just saying what you said because I was trying to be a more effective communicator. I see. My, my therapist says that I should mimic people. Oh, yeah, around is, are you me. mimicking my, uh, my body yeah. language right now? Uh, but pirate says, can we please, please make ghost peppers a cooking ingredient beyond insanely spicy burritos, perhaps grant an effect called ring of fire for X turns. I feel the warmth flooding through me already. I don't know that we're going to make a spicy butthole joke. Huh. Is that is that the Ring of Fire? I assume that's what he meant. So is that what the Pacific is? Is it just Earth's uh, extremely spicy burrito butthole? <laughs> yeah. Penguin Flame says, How many people do you think you could kill and get away with? It's for a very morbid school project. I, zero, I would, it depends on I would be mean. overcome with guilt and turn myself in. But how many would you kill before you get turn yourself? <laughs> well, no, you'd have to get away with it. So oh, zero. Get away I couldn't kill anybody and get away with it. I barely got away with that one girl I killed in junior high. Fuck. <laughs> zero. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of uh, extenuating circumstances. Like, are they bad people? Are they are they serial killers? Am I like somebody who goes out and hunts serial killers? Um, Hexatomb says, how about mixing cans of V11 with captured DNA to create even more amazing options? Mm, too late. Uh, Jessica says, I was wondering if there had been talks of a delete option for the players. Not an auto-delete or anything, but an option for the players to delete their profiles of multis they no longer use or to delete their profiles if they no longer enjoy the game. I have a couple multis I like to delete since I don't use them as much, and I was just wondering if it had been talked about or if it's in the works. No, we took it away because the almost always what would happen is instead of somebody deleting their account, someone would password guess them and then loot their account and then delete it. Yeah. Like m- all of the, de- I mean, and maybe this is just the ones we knew about. Those were the ones that came to our attention because yeah. they were the ones. They're that the ones where they were going to get our attention. So we eventually was just like, you know what? We just don't need this as an option. Like if you don't want to use an account anymore, just like change the password to something that you don't know what it is yep. and just let it be. Um, F says, what's up with Jickery hanging out with the lowlifes and newbie? Uh, so, I'll tell you what. Wow, Jesus Christ. Um, I need to find this really old question <laughs> that has been sent in. Wow, lots of stuff about the um, mobile stuff. 
Damn, a lot of stuff about the mobile stuff. Damn, a lot of stuff about... Yeah, I mean, it inspired a bunch of discussion in the forums. Okay, sorry about this. I really want to... Okay, Hex... This is from Hexatomb. Jesus Christ. I'm sure the backlash of this question will be rough, but I have to ask it, and I accept my fate. Would it be possible to repurpose slash newbie into an actual channel that helps new players? I had two friends join the game recently, and they both separately stated in some way that they had no interest or lost interest due to how horribly they were treated in slash newbie. As such, I'd like to see all the old players push to slash veteran, perhaps, and only actual new players, mods, and specially elected people willing to answer questions and encourage new players allowed access to newbie. Uh, Jake recently mentioned in a podcast that he thought play signups was up, but retention is far more important. If a main page's current player's logged in number is accurate, I've seen a drop at the times I logged in over the last week or two. I'm troubled and sad. I would really like to see this wonderful game continue to prosper and not slowly crash because of a generally rude first experience. Those first impressions are important. I, every once in a while, it will come up that newbie is this cesspit that drives people away. And at no point when I have openly or covertly been in newbie, have I ever seen it. And at no point has anybody ever like reported somebody being mean to new players so that we could investigate it. And we found that anybody was actually being mean to new players. So I don't know what... I mean, people get banned, but that's the point of having moderators, right? Like, This comes up every once in a while, and there, I don't think that there is a solution. It is entirely possible that people might be turned off to the game based on the people being all, like, glompy and, you know, sort yeah. of mildly sexually provocative or whatever... And, uh, but I think that that's going to happen no matter yeah. where we drop people. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's. Yeah. I don't, there's no good solution to that because I don't, I don't think a channel that was just a bunch of new players. Cause you know, who also is new players, it's people creating accounts to troll other new players. Right. Yeah. So it wouldn't, none of the things like the more tightly we tried to restrict it, the harder people would work to make things worse. Yeah. And there's not a lot that we could do. Lieutenant Joe, this is this is a, also an older question, but that I, that I wanted to address. Last week's discussion about all things Facebook and mobile reminded me of something that I've thought about asymmetric for a little while. Discussions sometimes come up that this or that is too difficult, and the response seems to be to not make it happen. Word Realms, for example, is not put in front of very many eyes and not being on a service like Steam. As I understand it, getting on there is difficult, and so it isn't. I just find that interesting because my other favorite tiny indie outfit, Transhuman Design, got their game King Arthur's Gold on Steam relatively soon after it was officially released, and while it didn't become a bestseller, it definitely didn't fall on its face. I know I'm just a casual observer, but it feels like the difference between you and them is that if they didn't get their game out, they didn't eat, but you still have KOL pulling in a decent amount of money, and so there might not be such of a rush. I've been feeling a certain amount of discouragement lately, so uh, sorry for the longness and negativity. This is always going to be among my favorite games. I mean, this brings up some good questions, right? The thing about getting Word Realms on Steam is that it is not difficult in a way that we can work on and accomplish it, right? It's 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 not difficult in a do a thousand push-ups sense. It's difficult in a make this restaurant popular sense, right? So is, I can imagine a situation where you can work harder and make a restaurant more popular. Yeah, but it's... Right, like, I, I can get, understand Getting the, a game on Steam is either being really good at PR, which we're not, but we're working on it. So we could have gotten a green light campaign going for Word Realms if we had been able to get any press about Word Realms. We leveraged 
every connection that we had and literally got zero response. Word realms and there is nothing doesn't have can, a Metacritic score because there aren't enough reviews yeah, of it. There And there is nothing that we can do about that. There is no work that we can do that we know how to do to fix that. Right? And so it's not like, oh, I don't want to put Word Realms on Steam because it's hard. It's, I can't put Word Realms on Steam because I don't know how. Well, okay. And like, while... I feel like I do know how I don't have time, right? Like there are a bunch of other things that have to get done. Like we, we have to keep making KOL. We have to keep doing a bunch of other stuff. And like, if all we had to do was get our game on steam, we would fucking put, figure out a way to get our game on. I mean, we would just start going door to door to people that we thought would be able to help us because we would have nothing to lose. Yeah. Right. The thing about, the thing about KOL, like you're right that we haven't had to do other stuff because KOL is still a thing that pays us. But the reality of the situation is that if I don't spend all of my time working on KOL, what I am doing is hastening the moment at which I have to tell all of my friends that they don't have jobs anymore. And I don't want to do that. Right. We came to San Francisco because we are trying to figure out what the sort of next move is so that that doesn't have to happen. And it's working. We're doing fine. We're we're making valuable connections. We're wheeling. We're dealing. We're getting shit accomplished. But we're not just. I don't elect not to take on new projects that I know are going to divert a bunch of resources from KOL because we're so comfortable doing KOL. It's because we have to apply those resources to doing KOL in order for KOL to continue to exist and in order for us to continue to have jobs. So like you're, you're right that like, you know, if KOL gets to the point where it's not feeding us anymore, then it will no longer be a thing that demands the attention that it demands now. And so we'll see. We'll see what it's like when we have to just pick something new to bust our asses on instead of busting our asses on KOL. But we can't do it on two things at once. Really. <laughs> right? I mean, what, like that's... Word Realm suffered from us not having been hungry when we were working on it. Right. I mean, word realm suffered from it being a thing that I could just brush under the rug because I was so disgusted with the way that it was going. And you know, it just was a, it was just a, a mess. Something that I had to do wouldn't be like that. So my KOL isn't like that because I have to do KOL. Now, I mean, I, I remain convinced that Facebook is a waste of time, but I wouldn't be surprised if you guys saw some mobile stuff within the next couple of weeks because you got everybody talking about it. <clears throat> and Chris dug up some work that he had done before. And, you know, like, it does... Yeah, I don't know. 
Golgothica says, I occasionally post things from KOL onto my Facebook page, probably once every month or two. Having such integrated into the game wouldn't make me any more or less likely to do it. All right. That's a point. Yeah. Well, these, I need to sort by how interested I am in the question at a given point. I need to figure out how to get this script to read my mind. Um, 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 um. This is weird. Pobblebonk says, this might sound odd, but could we get a checkbox in the quest log to turn off quests we're not planning on doing from the quest tracker? That would mean we would at least have to see them... Wait, we'd have to see them at least once before we turn them off, and they'd still be in the quest log. In the quest tracker to turn them off? Or the quest log? I'm confused. He says, a checkbox in the quest log to turn off quests we're not planning on doing from the quest tracker. You can just turn, turn them off, off in the, quest, in the tracker. quest tracker. Maybe they don't know about the X in the quest tracker? Yeah. Because that's not a documented feature per se. No, because it's not a thing that I want there all the time, right? Like I So you if you if you mouse over if you mouse over a thing in the quest tracker, you get a little X that will permanently hide it. Well, not permanently. Well it it stays hidden until uh, you hit a thing that says show all. Well, right. It stays hidden it. until you unhide it, right? right? But it no longer it no longer does the janky bullshit that it did before we or fixed it. Show it up every time recently. you log back in? Well, it would show up every time you log back in or every time it changed. Oh, every time the state changed? Yeah. Oh. Every time the text being output changed, oh. it would show back oh, up again. Oh, and that's why you had to make each quest its own little... Th- ah, yeah. That, that makes more Because they didn't have any identity, so there was no right. way of knowing which one you had hidden except what the text was, because... The, the quest tracker really was just like some text output in a character pane. I see. Now it is a lot more structured thing because I made it a lot more structured thing to use it as both the tracker and the log. Okay. Um, hmm, hmm. On a recent show, says Matraxis, you, Jake, talked about some things that you wish you'd included in the structure of the mall but can't really fit in now. With that in mind, I'd like to reintroduce an older idea. The mall is a market based entirely on ask orders. I'd like to see a broker added as well as a vehicle for bid orders. As this would be a new feature, it'd be more palatable to include things like limited or rented capacity and taxation. Moreover, since people who visit the broker uh, to sell their items are looking for the highest prices instead of the lowest prices, I don't see price minimums as an issue. I don't understand this. Uh, I envision it working much the same as the current mall store interface with searching and combo boxes, except rather than placing an order for five spooky high main at 5,000 meat, taking the food out of your inventory to be eventually replaced with meat, placing the order would be to take the 25,000 meat instead with the food showing up in inventory once the sale is made. Finally, since details always seem to be a sticking point in feature requests, I think a base capacity of five items would allow for some casual use while requiring serious meat farmers to spend a little extra to maintain their list, and the 1% transaction tax rate blatantly stolen from EVE Online would probably not feel onerous to anyone using the feature to turn items into instant meat. Thanks for reading this, and thanks for Age of Sneaky Pete. No one would ever use this to pay more than the lowest mall price. No, that they would they would they would want to pay they would pay less. They would put an offer. It's either stuff that's not in the mall yet, or stuff that they want to pay less than the current mall minimum. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 biggest problem that I have with this, I'm I object to. Any interface that the that the, the first inter- interface element is here's a list of all the items. Yeah, the yeah, right. Because to that just doesn't work. Yeah, that because that's too many things. Yep. Right. I mean, it could be like a right click thing. I don't know if the right click menu works on items that are already in the mall, but otherwise, like it'd have to be a thing that you already had one of, or you could like find one somewhere, and that just gets real goofy. Right. Huh. I think. In something I have recently worked on, I have lists that are like 3,000 items long. 
now that I think about it. Yeah. And that's kind of janky. Yeah, and probably is going to break some browsers and... Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That is a problem. All right. Well, should well, we uh, <laughs> should we go to dinner and then uh, flip the record over? Sure. Well, we should go to dinner. The listeners should flip the record over. Uh, thanks for listening to the Kingdom of Loathing podcast, everybody. I've been your host, Jake. Hey, you know what? Go give the Kingdom of Loathing podcast a rating on iTunes. That'd be funny. We were oh, ranked 41 the other day. Do don't it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do it. Come on. I don't want people to listen to the show oh, come outside on. of the context of the game. It's good. People will listen to it and they will think, ah, oh, Kingdom of Loathing, that's a game I played eight years ago. Fuck. I can't believe those guys are even still alive. This must be some rebroadcast from beyond the grave. All right. See you in a little bit, everybody. Have a great week, everyone.